Hello, I'm Sean. He's Craig. We are Number One Fan Club, a podcast devoted to power pop, Brit pop, shoegaze, anything with that jangle and hook. For those returning, welcome back. For all you newcomers, sit back and enjoy. Today's band is the amazing Cheap Trick. Formed in 1973 in Springfield, Illinois, Cheap Trick are one of the most successful and influential bands in power pop history. But to fit them only in the power pop box would be, well, a cheap trick and inaccurate. Over the course of nearly 50 years, that's hard to believe, they've recorded songs that could be hard rock, prog rock, glam rock, and even pure top 40 pop. Classic lineup from the first album in 1977 through the beginning of the 80s was vocalist Robin Zander, guitarist Rick Nielsen, bassist Tom Peterson, and drummer Bunny Carlos. But to think that Cheap Trick just walked out of a bar somewhere in the Midwest into the recording studio for the first album would be incorrect. They'd been working together in Europe for a couple of years prior to coming back to the U.S. In fact, members of the band were already experienced in writing and recording together part of other bands. Nilsson played organ on a Yardbirds track in 1967 called Ha Ha Said the Clown the same lineup that included Jimmy Page on guitar. So at some point, Craig, Rick Nielsen and Jimmy Page were in the studio together. Kind of hard to believe. Too cool. Following, yeah, very cool. Following this and moving forward, Nielsen and bassist Peterson formed the band Fuse, which recorded their one and only album in 1969 for Epic Records. The album did not do very well, and Nielsen is even on record as saying it's not something he's pleased with. So nonetheless, though, it got Nielsen and Peterson some exposure to writing and recording that would certainly come in handy for the first album for Cheap Trick. From the beginning, Cheap Trick were a contradiction of sight and sound. You got Xander and Peterson, who looked like they were just cut out of the, when you think about the mold of what a rock star looks like, the rock and roll idol, those you know good looks, the hair, the face, they had it. They had that look. Meanwhile, you've got Nielsen who looked more like a character out of a comic book and, he, and purposely so, right? He dressed kind of goofy, had all these crazy guitars. And then you got Bunny Carlos who looked like, well, he looked like your dad or my dad. <laughs> um, the music at one moment sounded like an evolution of the Beatles and then something more like a hard rock band with really good hooks and harmonies. While success would come in a big way in 1979 as Cheap Trick became one of the biggest bands in the world, they were hardly an overnight sensation. In fact, after three studio albums from 1977 to 1979, many wondered if Cheap Trick would ever become more than a regional rock band playing to a thousand fans in small clubs and theaters. They released their self-titled debut album in early 1977. And while the album received some favorable reviews, it really went unnoticed with record buyers and even failed to crack the Billboard 200. Craig, this album is one hell of a debut. They sound tight. The songwriting is absolutely outstanding. This is not a band that sounded like they were working out the kinks, so to speak. In fact, they come right out of the gate, really, with that first song, Hello Kitties, which, I mean, what a song. What, what a great way to start an album. And I have to think, Craig, even with just starting this off, and I want to hear what you think about this album, and I got a couple of thoughts on it too. But 
it's funny to me that the first song is called Hello Kitties, which I'm assuming is a nod to, you know, British rock of the time. But, oh, I love this first album. What about you, Craig? Well, I tell you, it did receive favorable reviews from critics, uh, some of which raved about it. But I would say this stands as one of the most underrated debut albums uh, in the eyes or ears of the public. Um, I don't recall seeing too many people on their list adding this as one of their favorite or one of the best debut albums. And I'd argue you'd be hard-pressed to find a band that's this tightly knit on their first effort, especially considering the wide range of styles that they tackle. It's crazy. Uh, A fun game to play is deciding which side to start with. So I don't know if you know this, Sean, but the original pressing of this album on vinyl had a side A and had a side one (laughs) because the band stood firm that they did not have any B material. Love it. Uh, killer songs and a sense of humor. You got to love it. Yeah. Um, and while the band preferred the sequencing, uh, their preferred sequencing was side one, which started with the phenomenal, as you say, Hello Kitties. I have to admit, hot love ain't a bad way to start off things either. And if we're being honest, take the original sequence, let you really recuperate from the bludgeoning of uh, the ballad of TV violence with a whole fresh side of songs. So either way, you really can't go wrong. This album is phenomenal from start to finish. I just love it. I do too. And, And I've gone back and I've listened to it. I actually love it more now than I did even... 20 years ago when I probably really listened to it for the first time. And there's just so many songs on this album that I love. I love, of course, Hello Kitties. I love Taxman, Mr. Thief. I think that is one of the best songs they've ever done. Not to give away what my eventual top song (laughs) countdown will be on part two of Cheap Trick, but (laughs) maybe, just maybe, that'll be in my, my top list. But love Taxman, Mr. Thief. And I love Oh Candy. I think that's such a great song, which, by the way, uh, would become a constant on the first three albums, having a song titled Oh, and then insert name of females, Oh Candy. Then there's Oh Caroline and Oh Claire, <laughs> which, again, probably shows their sense of humor, Oh Claire being a, a town, a city in Wisconsin. So there may be, you know, they're probably messing with people there as well. Always <laughs> seemed to be a band that had a sense of humor along the way. But yeah, to call this... Power pop is both accurate in terms of it checks all the boxes, heavy guitars, sing-along chorus, hooks for miles and miles, but also inaccurate because it's so much more than a power pop album. They sound at times to me like a hard rock band, but also add elements of weird prog instrumentation and even punk style. You know, first time when I heard, you know, like I said earlier with Hello Kitties, I thought, okay, they're definitely kind of, making this when you hear it you almost think the first 30 seconds you're like this could be a punk band if you didn't know who they were you just heard this on the radio or somebody played it for you back then it's just got that great anthemic feel to it mm-hmm. uh i'm with you the album's really hard to beat in terms of debuts love it yeah it's uh it, it stands as one of my favorites and it's always kind of um a surprise to people too when you start putting that with you know led zeppelin one and some of the other phenomenal debut albums out there but it really does it stands firm and one reason i love it is because people know certain songs and they, they don't know anything typically off that album and so the whole album comes as a, as a surprise to them yeah one final note on this and then i'll move on talk a little bit about the second album but 
if you get the remastered CD version that came out, gosh, 20 years ago now, probably actually one of the bonus tracks is I want you to want me parentheses early version. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it's not on the first album, but clearly they recorded it during the you know time they did. And that version rocks. Mm-hmm. It's way more of a rocking version than the studio version that would show up later. Uh, but the bonus tracks they have on these re-releases that were done, the whatever epic legacy re-releases 20 years ago are, are fantastic. Great. So the second album, In Color, considered one of their best, if not their best studio albums, was actually released later in 1977. I mean, this is back to what I mentioned about the Raspberries. It's the same thing, you know, Badfinger did and other bands just doing two albums within a 12 month period to me is just unbelievable. And the fact that they had this much strong material is just crazy. And it did fare better than the debut. I think it peaked at 73. It didn't make a lot of waves, but just when things are starting to seem kind of dire for cheap trick, something was brewing on another side of the world in Japan. The album peaked at number 30. So they were getting some attention over there and it does as a teaser lead into something we're going to talk more about in part two of cheap trick, but there's something happening on the other side of the world in Japan. They're taking notice of these four guys from Illinois called cheap trick. And how about that cover, Craig? I mean, you got Robin and Tom, the two good looking rock stars on the front cover, you know, in color as the name would title suggest. And they're on motorcycles. They look like rock stars. And then you turn it over, you open it up, whatever format you have and there's Nielsen and Carlos in black and white on bicycles. <laughs> Talk about contrast. What do you think about this album, Craig? Yeah, that cover is advertising 101, huh? Um, yeah. They say don't judge a book, but well, you know. In Color to me is a band that's learned how to tighten things up without losing a shred of intensity. Uh, Hello There is exactly how you should open an album. You rile them up, but you do so quickly and then move on to the core of the album. Three songs in, you find the song Downed, which shows some signs of kind of things to come. Nothing previously really sounded that refined, yet it still has that raw intensity you expect to hear with them. And Sean, we've referenced sequencing on songs before, and you have that trifecta that ends the album of Southern Girls, Come On, Come On, and Good to See You. They managed to somehow illustrate how equally important it is to end an album as it is to begin one. Uh, To me, In Color is the furthest thing from a sophomore slump. It is the exact opposite. It is a triumph. It is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's my favorite Cheap Trick album. And as much as I like the first album, they matured. They were even better. The songwriting is better on the second album. I love the sound. I think they advanced some in a very short period of time. And I, I think it might be one of the best sophomore albums I've ever heard. When I start thinking about best, you know, Led Zeppelin two albums like that, or even uh, the band, the band, mm-hmm. you know, to me, those are great second albums and it's hard to have a great second album. This is a great second album and it's better than the first. And in my opinion, it's better than the third, even though that's another good album, but yeah, once again, they start things off with a bang. Monstrous song, Hello There. A minute, 42 seconds. What is that? That's 102 seconds yeah. of just pure anthem rock and roll. Like you said, what a way to get things started. 
and get people all riled up. I mean, it's amazing. That song and and is it's proven on at Budokan. That is the best live opening song you could possibly dream up. Uh, it's just, are you ready to rock? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I love it. Uh, they don't stop there. Songs like the slightly weird big eyes, mm-hmm. love downed Southern girls. Those are classics. And those are the songs that stand out to me. Like to me, downed Southern girls. Come on, come on. Those are my favorite songs on, on the album down to probably right up there in the top ones for me. And then you have their eventual breakout song, I Want You to Want Me. It's interesting because this song ends up being a huge hit You know, when it broke their career on at Budokan, not to give up too much of what we're going to talk about in part two. But on this studio version, it's more of a Western swing song, which is totally different from what they recorded up to this point and totally different from the live version or the demo version that was included in the bonus tracks in the first album. Yep. It's so ironic because it's probably my least favorite song on the album. Oh, hands down. <laughs> hands it, down. It's just, it doesn't fit. And it's, it's almost, if I'd never heard how great the live version would be, I might like it better. But because the live version is so killer, I listen to the studio version. I'm like, oh, it sounds like they've recorded it in a cardboard box. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't sound good. And the rest of the album is so killer. Totally agree. So that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's funny. We both think the same on that one. So this album's loaded with killer tracks. The songs here are better. They're tighter than the debut and it's so diverse. I listened to it. I, I read somewhere. Somebody said, Robin Zander, the man of a thousand voices, but the band is even like the band of a thousand different sounds. They're so diverse. One minute, one thing. And it's almost like different bands on this album. And I, I love this Craig great album and a great way to move into what would be the third album. So they released the third album, Heaven Tonight, in 1978. It would eventually reach number 48 in the U.S. So they went from not charting the top 200 to 70-something, 73 on the second album. Now they moved up to 48. So they're gaining some steam, you have to imagine, you know, through touring, word of mouth. The word was getting out that this Cheap Trick was a band to pay attention to. And once again, they know how to kick things off. I mean, to start out with Surrender, right out of the gate, it's just, it's a great kickoff song. And meanwhile, as the saying goes, they were big in Japan, where Heaven Tonight reached number 11. Hmm. And, you know, th- this they're now getting some real traction here. I'll give you my thoughts on this, and then then we'll jump over to your thoughts. I like Heaven Tonight. It's This is the trifecta, and what a great one, two, three. This is probably number three for me, though. For me, In Color is my favorite. Number two would be the self-titled debut. And then Heaven Tonight would be my third favorite of the three. And that's and no, that would be like saying the first the first two are five stars and this one's a 4.7 stars or something. I love it. I love a lot of the songs on it, but it's not as, to me, it's not as good as the second album. But great moments. California Man, what a great song that is. Uh, of course, surrender on top of the world. I mean, the, there are again a number of great hits on this. And by the time they finish this third album, they've now got fifteen or twenty just killer, killer classic tracks to take out on the road. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about the third album? 
All right. Well, I know we consider each other our musical doppelgangers, but this is where we differ greatly. There is so much I could say about this album, uh, but there's simply not enough time to cover it. Sean, I'm sure you're not interested in a six-hour podcast, right? (laughs) So instead, let me keep it neat and tidy. Heaven Tonight is an absolute masterpiece. It is their best album. And it's tough for me to say that because uh, I think of one of their biggest hits, if not their biggest hit, Surrender. Um, It's a great song. It's a phenomenal song. But this album is so much more than Surrender. Every single song could be a contender for my top 10 at any point in time. Uh, We'll eventually get to that. We mentioned that before. But if I had a gun to my head today... I'd say, give me heaven tonight, minus the song, Heaven Tonight. Oh, the irony. (laughs) The irony. I love this album. I just think from start to finish, it is an absolute stunning masterpiece. Um, Every time I listen to it, I get something fresh from it. Uh, When I was comprising my top 10, we were kind of debating whether we were going to do this in one part or two parts, and we felt like we had to do two. Um, I feel like this is an album, and I really feel like all the first three albums equally deserve kind of it, its own dedication. I think we'll come back to each one and kind of dissect it song by song. But this album for me is, I mean, it's just tough to beat because all of that intensity and wit and musical rage is there, but it's, I think the band just keeps getting better. Uh, this to me is the pinnacle. I love it. And I love the fact that we don't completely agree. But part of that too is honestly, I've listened to the first two albums a lot more than than Heaven Tonight. So you've inspired me. And we are gonna break this down in more detail, probably all three of the albums at some point in the future. And I will dig in more and I might change my mind by then. I might say, Hey, it's my favorite. It's gonna be hard for me to beat in color though. It really is, but I might move this up to number two. So they go on tour, Craig, and and wrapping up here. In part one, they go on tour. They're traveling the world for this, you know, 1979. They're out. They're in Japan. And while they're on tour in Japan, their lives are going to change forever. And we're going to talk about that in part two, because there's a whole lot to talk about. And I'm going to leave one other teaser here for part two. They do a lot of albums after the first three. And then they do at Budokan and they do Dream Police and then a ton of other albums. But of all the albums they've done and all the songs they've done, there's a song from 1997 that they did that's better than any other song they've recorded. Hmm. And I will stand by that. It's better than anything on In Color, Heaven Tonight, or anything, 1997. But I'm not going to reveal what it is until we have part two of this. So, Craig, until then, yeah. looking forward to our next conversation about Cheap Trick part two. Me too. Looking forward to it. All right. And with that, we are signing off as number one fan club, and we will be back for Cheat Trick Part 2. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks so much.